Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We're talking to James Grunke. He's the CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All righty. So, um, Again, probably hearing from a lot of your membership, the what is the proper role? Let's start from the beginning from the organizational side. What do you think is your role in crisis management as an organization of business leaders here in the community? Well, I think that's a great question and one I'm happy to answer. Um, we first and foremost should be a clearinghouse of information. You know, this is moving so rapidly and almost by the hour, where can you rely on on good information to know what to do and and, be, and know what to do many things? You know, first and foremost, um, how am I going to keep my business open, right? What are my financing options? What, what, what are I doing for cash flow? What are my cash flow demands? Um, and while the federal government is responding quickly, as is the state and the federal um, officials, the rules aren't even really met yet of how to provide you know, relief to the, uh, these businesses. You know, secondly, when you ask many, many businesses, what is it that keeps them up at night? Always it's how do I meet my payroll, right? So employers are not only dramatically worried about you know their business and keeping it fluid but what about their employees and so we're tr certainly trying to understand how um what the new unemployment rules are going to be so we can get people taken care of and just like i think everybody listening my inbox is is just overwhelmed by various sources of do this do that do this you know and so we're trying to kind of cut through the the, the, the clutter and say, here are the real time next steps for your business. And then I know, as always, I give you long answers. We're also currently surveying all of our businesses, not just the members. We're, we want to know from everybody in Erie, what are your needs? What are your issues? What solutions can you provide? It's not just what are your needs. We have many businesses here that maybe can provide you um, some short-term financing needs, or we can have some employment opportunities. Or I was just even trying to understand restaurants were supposed to now do a, a, a takeout. I don't really know what that means, right? So do I go get in line? You know, how does this work? And so the logistics we're even trying to figure out. It makes it makes a lot of sense. And then there's another layer over and above all this is the health of of the employees, the health of the organization physically. And so, I mean, this is different than like a um, like an economic contagion, like, you, you know, like the you know, the, the collapse back in 2008. Right. I mean, this this is a an actual medical contagion. And so you've got people who have to add another layer of if they're going to if they're in an essential service, they've got to change how they run their business to enforce some kind of social distancing. Talk about that a little bit. I think that's a great point. And the team and I talked about it today. I, I fortunately or unfortunately have lived long enough that I've been through several things. Right. I've been through the dot com bust of 2001. I've been through the 9-11. I've been through the, the recession of 2007. You know, two of those were done by mistakes being made in the financial system. One was by an act of terrorism. This is unlike something none of us have ever seen. And so trying to understand what the precautions or steps 
um, or the predictability is, is what's really causing the problem. And you're right, even our office, you know, trying to figure out how do we work remotely yet continue to service 24-7 the needs of the business community is what we've tried to figure out. Thankfully, we're at the position that we can work remotely, but how about many of those who cannot? And so part of what we have on our website is just what are some of the precautions you can take to keep your employees healthy? I happened to be traveling yesterday, um, and I actually, quite frankly, I saw less people in the Chicago airport wearing masks than I expected to be. Wow. Um, but I saw more people wearing rubber gloves or surgical gloves, and of course, makes sense. So. You know, I think we're really fortunate because of Melissa Lyons at our, our county health department. She's doing a great job of, of educating that. But again, to our base role, educate, educate, educate the businesses on how to cope with this. Do you feel like um, that the information flow coming from your peer, you know, chambers and, and you know, the, the people that you talk to, number one, and then from the top down, you know, the kind of guidance we're getting from the CDC for businesses and, and, uh, and also, you know, from maybe the, the, na the National Chamber uh, type organization. I, I mean, are we getting good quality information that's actionable for these uh, for your membership? I think so. But I think part of part of the difficulty is it's changing almost by the hour. Yeah. I'll give you a great example. Um, the SBA and Congress, you know, are dramatically scrambling how to get resources out to both infected employers and employees. So the SBA is going to have a huge program of how do we put in te temporary financing? Well, the rules aren't done yet. So I we're saying don't wait. Get your materials prepared now so you're ready to go when the rules happen. Yes. Yeah. Get ready. So you don't know. wait. Exactly. All right. Let's let's bring it down. I mean, again, you, you represent a, a large range of different businesses. Let's let's bring it down to these these li these little ones, especially the ones that are in hospitality or in that non-essential category. Golly, how do you how do you give them guidance, James? You know, I think we have to, to be reassuring. This will pass. Um, we have to be patient. I, I think you have our elected officials um, at all levels working to say, how are we going to provide temporary solutions? Um, we have to have confidence in the community. Again, 9-11, we had confidence. Let's get back out purchasing, right? Right. right. 70% of our economy is based on, on consumer spending. And so when that stops, that's the dramatic impact. Um, and so whether you be essential or non-essential, I was talking about, the, uh, again, um, uh, the, not to be a plug, but a local dry cleaner here um, who is like, well, his business is going to be Im impacted because, you know, have people like me, I'm working remotely, I'm not wearing a suit anymore. Right. However, He's actually an essential service because he's providing certain hygienic um, programming for people to have that we don't know. And so even that communication is difficult. Yeah, well, there's there's no doubt about it. The, um, you know, what is, what is the, uh, you, you know, what is what are people asking for, though? Like, uh, I mean, are, you know, are, are they asking for... I, you know, are they asking? I mean, would you would you say that, for for example, that that thousand dollars that Steve Mnuchin was talking about yesterday would be a good thing for you know the Ember and Forges and the the, the bubble tea shops and the and you know and the small businesses uh, in Erie? 
Is that going to be a helpful so, yes, thing? Yes or no. I mean, I, I think if we all remember the last stimulus when we got a, uh, a check, that was for us to actually go buy stuff. Right. right? We were trying to trigger the economy by getting us back buying. This one is is how do you pay your rent? Um, <sighs> and so it's, it's again, um, it's more stopgap to get people confidence for the economy to kind of smooth itself out and get things reopened again. Um, are you getting any pushback from the membership? People are saying, this is so overblown. I can't believe we are in the situation that we're in. Um, you know, I haven't had any of those conversations. Well, actually, other than from my 83 year old mother, um, <laughs> uh, anybody say that. I had explained to her that she was in a high risk group. Um, yes. <laughs> I think it's so unknown um, and the story keeps changing, but I, I have to say I'm impressed the way the people are responding. Yeah, they, 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 they seem to be, uh, you know, there's, I guess, here's, here's my thinking. And again, it, it, it's, you know, this and, a, and two bucks get you a coffee. Um, you know, my, my thinking is, is that I think they will give President Trump and the establishment 15 days then I don't know. I don't know how much patience the American people will have. Now, if after 15 days they see total devastation, then they're going to be patient for more, you know, you know, working on this. I don't know. I, I think, un unfortunately, your assessment is probably accurate, right? I mean, yeah. we do have faith in uh, our, our CDC and our local health professionals that give us the right steps. It's just un. It's, it's just we're going to have to be patient. I wish I wasn't saying just platitudes, but it's it's true. Well, and, and again, it, you know, everybody's wanting to flatten flatten the curve. And so, uh, you know, dutifully, people that were in non-essential business are closing. You know, the, the everybody's doing their part. It's, and again, uh, what I'm hearing from county officials is that Erie is complying in a very uh, major way. I mean, I, gosh, have you seen the parking lots? Have you seen the streets? You, you know, I was Zooming to get to my press conference because <laughs> there's nobody on the highway. So we could probably handle two weeks of that, and then, and then we could really see you know a contagion of a different manner uh, you know that will will drip into the economics of erie and erie's got so much going for it right james oh absolutely i would so much rather be on the phone with you talking about some of the great things that are happening in erie and i'm still very optimistic that great things are going to happen uh we had a phone call earlier today with uh, Congressman Kelly, kind of talking about what we're doing with Opportunity Zones and kind of what he's doing, um, uh, you know, for us uh, in, in on the pandemic. And you know, he remains optimistic that we're going to see great things. You know, we hope this is going to be a temporary blip. The, the problem is we don't know when the blip ends, and so we don't know for the beginning or the middle or or potentially at the end. We got like a minute and a half left. I want you to put your consultant hat on and you're sitting across uh, from uh, a small business uh, leader who's, you know, thinking about their rent. They're thinking about their truck payment, whatever the case may be that, uh, you know, that capital payment on a piece of equipment on their on their uh, on their lathe. Right. Give right. them some advice on how to get through the next uh, few months. One, express to us what it is that you're, you're worried about. You know, how can we help bring align resources to make your need? You know, the elected officials can't help if they don't know what the issues are. Um, 
but be prepared. That means get your financial records together. So if you need to go get a new SBA 100% guaranteed loan that you're not scrambling. Um, I hate to talk about having a mandatory furlough program for a business, but they need to think that through. What would it look like? How is it going to happen? How would I bring people back on on staff? Um, those are all the considerations that people need to be doing. And we're very used to thinking long term. And right now, I think it's trying to think of what the short term is. How do I get through the next 90 days? What do I need to get to 90 days? If I could get that information and, and my entire team, I think then we could respond. And then, and then, you know, finally, those business leaders and those owners and, and those, that top management and that rank and file, they have to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, that they're sleeping right, that they're maintaining social distance and, and work on their health. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. James Grunke, the CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership. I appreciate it so much that you took the time to be with us today. Anytime. Thanks for asking. All non-essential businesses have been ordered closed by the county executive, and that includes a really cute place in Colony Plaza called Lolly's. And we have on the line with us via FaceTime, Sarah Kim. How you doing, Sarah? Oh, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> you, you know, you, you're calling it casual couture. Nothing would fit me in that place. But anyway, but no, but for the, for the ladies Give that love it. Give us a chance. Give us a chance. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So when did you start kind of getting an idea that this might have an impact on lollies? How recent? It, it hasn't been that long, has it? No. So my sister lives in New York City. Um, she's been calling daily to let me know things are going crazy. You know, everybody's going online, Sarah. If you're not online, you got to get online. Um, a couple of the retailers in the area went online before this just out of um, a business practice. And, uh, I thought, you know, maybe it is time. It's just not really our business model. Ours is more of a face to face. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's more of a benefit to shopping with us than looking at us. Um, so for us, it didn't work. I didn't think right away. Um, so we started about a week ago to implement Facebook live videos to our, uh, Facebook page. So myself and some of the ladies that work with me, we modeled the clothes, talked about how they fit, to try and get the word out there and ease everybody into it. And then um, amidst a panic attack, when somebody came in and said, all the businesses have to close, I uh, realized I could start a website with yeah. some products on there. So I pulled in all reinforcements of the ladies. They were in the back taking pictures like maniacs. Um, and I was uploading, trying to learn how to run a website. I don't know. I mean, this is like teaching an old dog new tricks in this world because it's complex. Um, and in, I'm happy to say in two days, I'm looking at it right now, we've had over 1500 visitors to our website. Um, that's fantastic. So working, we filled over 22 orders, which is, we just can't thank Erie enough. And, and the people around, I mean, we shipped out to Washington state yesterday. Um, you know, it's just, I think it speaks to our community of the support we've gotten. So, so you started the Facebook stuff literally because of COVID-19 or that you just wanted to broaden your, your, uh, kind of your profit centers um, because of COVID-19. Okay. So you would, you would have been fine with just, you know, we're going to have this shop on Erie's yep. West side and, and, and learn to meet our customers and, and, uh, and serve them. Yeah. I mean, well, 
Kind of. So I have uh, one young lady, young lady, she's my age. I'm going to call her young because it makes me feel better. Um, uh, that works with me and she does all of our Instagramming. She is very into that. I would much rather be behind the scenes. There's not one ounce of me that wants to do a Facebook live video. Um, but with her urging and she said, you got to get out there. People have to know it's you um, behind here. And then so we have multiple sizes and I get to be the token not small girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I said I would be on it too. And you know, that was probably the best thing we did. And thankfully it was from the urging of the ladies that work here that we did it. Um, I probably would have been content never putting my picture online. Yeah. However, times are changing. Did you have to get any special permissions from your lines? Because uh, one of the yeah. things was that you weren't going to be online. There's some we can't sell. Okay. So you're, Probably, I keep getting updates on my phone. That's why I'm flipping. Of uh, <laughs> that's fine. Visiting the we're, we're really <laughs> doing this because you sound so great on the air, as opposed to coming over the phone. So, but it's right. also it's also fun to have the eye the eye engagement. Yeah. yeah, I you know I think um I think what we're doing here is trying to create community still while being online, hoping that people don't forget our name, yeah. hoping that. Folks, remember, we're still here when this is all over. Um, the other thing is I kind of have another added challenge in my life. It's that my husband's a doctor, so he oh. is on the front lines. He's rounding in the hospital this week. Hey. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we're really vigilant about that, too. And I have two babies at home, a three and two year old. So, um, you know, they haven't seen Grammy and Papa or Grammy and Papap in a week. We won't let them because I don't want them to have anything to give to my parents or my in-laws. So we're doing this on our own. So they come to work with me sometimes by ourselves and we just sit here and, you know, they kind of remind you what's important in life too. I mean, the online thing, alas, the, the business will come back around maybe, I hope. Um, but, you know, the people we have in our lives don't. So we yeah. have to remember that, that they're the most important. That's so wise. Um, what do you think you're you, I mean, do you feel like you're able to weather this storm? Uh, you know, or, are things edgy or do you feel pretty good? I mean, I mean, I get, you know, what's so crazy about this this virus is that it came just as we were really zooming economically. People were really feeling yeah. good. Their, their, the stock price was up. Their 401ks were feeling good. People spent a lot of money at Christmas. And then we get this yeah. this pandemic. You know, we were doing really well. So, um, and, and yeah, we're going to weather it because, excuse my language, but come hell or high water, we're going to make it work. I mean, there's going to be, we're going to not, we, we can't sit on our laurels. So this is our time to prove that we can adjust. We can change our business model. Um, it's me not sleeping at night because I'm trying to figure out how HTML coding works and <laughs> trying to figure out what picture to put up that makes it look the best. But that's what it takes. And I think um, every business owner is digging in right now and and you're kind of making your stake and making your claim. And um, luckily, we live in a place that cares about us. You know, we live in a city that people want to see us succeed. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that we all remember that. And I think once this is over, we are going to remember it again. And, and the girls at the store reminded me, Sarah, don't worry, because remember, when this is over, we're having one heck of a party, you know, <laughs> that, we, that we all made it through. And um, and we will. We absolutely will make it through one way or another. 
Are yeah. you getting are you getting any sense that you're you're going to have help as a business owner, whether it's from the federal government or, you know, directly to your uh, to your uh, customers? You know, if they get that thousand dollar check that they might come out and, you know, say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, order something from Lolly's website or yeah. uh, what, what, what's your sense about the help that you're getting, even on the local level from landlords and you know what I mean? Uh, suppliers. Yeah, sure. uh, luckily, I. um I'm in a really nice place where my landlord, I think, is really understanding. No, nothing has been said, obviously, but I think um, everybody gets it. Everybody understands. I don't know. I don't I don't ever rely on a handout from the government. I just don't know if that's something we should bank on. So that's not in my equation at all. That's not part of my operating costs. That's not anything. So I'm pretending and I'm operating as if that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're tightening our belts a little bit. We're making sure that. There isn't frivolous spending that my ordering is on key. I can't mess up. Now is not the time to order the ugliest shirt on accident and I have to stick with it. You know, now is the time to say, all right, we're only doing this much. Um, I hope that the money comes to uh, individuals. I, I think they will put it back in the economy. I truly believe in that model of economics. I, I think it works. Um, look at tax time and refund time. It yeah. works every time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful. I'm not. I'm not banking on it. Do you have any advice for fellow small business owners that, uh, you know, that are really, really, you know, uh, wringing their hands and wondering what what's going to happen? Yeah, I think it's time for us to get creative. And um, I think it's also time uh, to be a community of retailers, a community of small business owners. So often we find ourselves competing with the store down the street, the store at the mall, whatever. Listen. My friends work at stores in the mall. It's a national chain. They're still my friends. So they're struggling just the same way we are because they're not working. So I think it's a time that we have to help each other, um, six feet apart, but help each other (laughs) and make sure that we're checking in. You know, other business owners, I had a business owner um, from another women's boutique reach out to me yesterday and try to order from our online site. Um, you know, everybody's being mindful of the, we're in this together. And after this is over, I hope we're coming together again with events together, um, that we're showing each other that we can all play nicely in the sandbox and, and Erie traditionally does that. But now more than ever, we have to do that to succeed. Uh, you gotta get creative. You have to be online. I just don't think there's any other way. Nobody can get to you. Bottom line. You can't get to them. You have to ship something. So if you're not online, I don't know how you're selling it. Uh, let's let's do a commercial for Lolly's online. And uh, again, think about that uh, that husband because I'm pretty male focused. You know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah. as, as a talk station. But uh, sure. you know, Mother's Day is coming up. Sure is. And we're gladly taking phone calls during normal business hours on our work phone, and I can process gift card orders, all that kind of stuff. You'll talk to me, and you'll probably hear my screaming children in the back because I'm home with them. But um, it's just part of the entertainment we offer at Lolly. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the website again, and and it's, yeah, and what and what are some of the lines that you're offering? Sure. So it's www.lolly l o l l i e co c o dot com. You on there? You're going to find everything from earrings to purses to jeans, shirts, jackets. We have everything on there that we can. So you're going to see some great brands like Dear John Denim. You're going to find Survival, which is a great British line we carry, and ironic that it's called that. Yes. Um, 
you're also going to find great funky jewelry, fun things just to make you happy because you know what? At the end of the day, clothes are one thing. People are another. We have to really just be embracing the people around us. And, hey, if we look good while doing it, well, then we did it right. Absolutely. Sarah Kim from Lollies in the Colony Plaza. You can't visit her, but you could certainly call her or go to her website. Appreciate it very much, Sarah. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Now we're going to talk to Jeff Parnell. He's the CEO of Fish USA. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you being on with us here. Um, You know, the the great thing about Fish USA is that it has a kind of a digital or online first uh, approach to it, but it has this great pro shop. And that seems to be the, you know, the difference that's happening today is that the pro shop is closed, but the whole online operation is open. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of how your approach to business in, in times like these? Absolutely. No, this is a, a challenging time. No question about it. We're all pulling together. Our country needs to pull together. Uh, there's no question about that. And obviously our, our prayers go out to anyone uh, currently in harm's way. And, and we're going to continue to help everyone we possibly can. We made the decision on, on Monday afternoon to close the pro shop to the public. We felt it was the right thing to do. Um, a number of other retailers were on the verge either of doing that or a few had, had started the process uh, over the weekend, some of the national chains and so forth. But uh, we are fortunate to be in the e-commerce business. We can quarantine what we, quarantine what we do much more carefully. We take a number of steps in terms of sanitization and cleaning above and beyond what we were already doing. So um, I wouldn't say it's 100% business as usual. It's on everybody's minds, but we have an incredibly resilient team, and uh, we've got customers who, uh, who want their products. So we're happy to serve them. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, these are these this is uncharted territory, right? I mean, again, you you you've worked with small businesses uh, your your entire career. You know, um, this this at, from a small business standpoint is is uh, go time. It's it's you have to make the right decisions. You have to think about your employees and about your you know all of the all of the kind of infrastructure of running a business. And then um, you know, and not everybody is as uh, technology based as Fish USA is. Can you talk? Uh, uh, you know what what some of those folks need to be thinking about? You know, no, absolutely. We're we're fortunate that we aren't an e-commerce business, but really, it's. Uh, what we've told ourselves really from, from the outset is uh, let's be careful. Uh, let's also be fluid. This situation is changing uh, not daily but hourly. Uh, we are, you know, we've got people spread all over the region now. Uh, a good portion of our team is working remotely. I'm working remotely. Um, we've got a warehouse group that's, uh, that's cranking out the orders. They're receiving product. They're shipping, doing a fabulous job over there. We've got customer service people. We've got some others who've been in and out of the office. But uh, we just, you've got to stay connected. You've got to communicate. Uh, you've also got to, uh, you know, be very calm. I mean, that's it's easier said than done in many cases. But, I mean, we, uh, you have to have a plan. You have to work the plan. You also have to realize you've got to move decisively, but also be willing to, you know, to take a step back every so often and, uh, you know, not put everything in concrete. This is a very fluid type of process. Have you had to change protocols, you know, the, to ensure some social distancing and hand washing? And it, like you said, some folks are able to work from home, but not, they, I mean, if you got to get boxes on a truck, that's that's a very, you know, on-site kind of a, a situation there. A- absolutely. We we were in front of this uh, last week. We, we spoke to our 
entire employee base. We talked about different uh, processes we would be taking. We we absolutely put the employee first. That's that's critical, Joel. That uh, if we as much as is here a sniffle, we want to find out what's what's going on. And uh, is this something other than uh, a quick allergy? Is it something we need to be uh, really aware of? So we put that out there, and we've started taking all those steps: the so, the distancing, as you talked about, the extra sanitization, disinfecting. Um, we've uh, wiped, cleaned, uh, and continue to wipe and clean every surface you can imagine. Uh, we've made it possible for people to come and go without the use of doorknobs. I mean, the little things, break room uh, hygiene and, and even cleaning out. I mean, we've done a number of these things and just really tried to be on the up and up. We've got some people who are, frankly, quite good and quite diligent uh, about uh, really uh, uh, owning the processes that they need to own. So it's, uh, it's a situation where, frankly, a lot of people have, have risen to the occasion. So, uh, I mean, from from a, uh, you know, from a, a dollars and cents point of view, uh, what about, and I keep on asking this of everyone, what about some of these proposals that we're seeing for emergency relief coming out of uh, Washington? Um, the, uh, you know, is there is there one way or the other that you think, again, with your with your business background, what's going to help that business person and what's going to help the consumer? Well, the consumer's hurting right now. There are many who aren't able to work at, uh, at home or uh, their, their workplaces are such where people are standing on top of each other. Uh, they're open to the public. Again, that's something we really believe in, not being open to the public right now. That's why we took that stance, because we can control it better. But from the standpoint of what the consumer wants, um, you know, we all have to be somewhat patient. But it appears that, uh, that Washington and, and Harrisburg are doing what they can. Uh, there's going to be relief. Uh, unemployment laws have been loosened a little bit, so you can file quicker if that unfortunately happens to, uh, to be the case for someone. Uh, and as much as anything, I think government uh, is across the board is proving that it's trying to listen and trying to be uh, responsive to needs. I mean, one of the challenges is when you put blanket uh, closings of, of places out there, uh, that can be challenging and trying. Uh, but a lot of it really boils down to, uh, I think, you know, certainly s- certain uh, safety buffers they can provide. I know there's talk of, of, uh, of taxes are being uh, postponed in terms of filing dates and things of that sort. All that's very positive. Anything that can relieve some of the day-to-day stresses, a lot of creditors are stepping in and I think doing the right thing under these uh, very, very challenging circumstances. Let's pivot a little bit. I want to talk about your relationship with your consumers, you know, your regular customers, and you had sent me a little something about what uh, uh, what Orvis is, you know, which is another person, uh, another firm in your space is doing, you know, where they're where they're really saying, you know, hey, we're still open for business. This is what you can do. We're, you know, we're following CDC guidelines, uh, and, and just like you've been saying, like basically, you know, we're following the rules, but we're still able to serve you, and that just provides some normalcy in a time of chaos. Well, it really does. And we've seen a lot of, again, I think the best practices model has been, uh, unless you're legitimately in the essentials business. I mean, if you're a, you're a drugstore, you're a grocery store, those, those kind of go without saying. Uh, you've got to be open gas stations and, and, and the like. And I could leave somebody out. But obviously, if you're truly, truly in the essentials business, what we offer, the business we're in, uh, as much as we like to think it's an essential, it's, it's a hobby. It's a sport for people. Uh, so what we're doing is, is making it clear. We went out 
uh, to our audience on Monday with an email letting them know, hey, we're addressing this stuff. We take it seriously, but we're also open for business online. And it's interesting that, you know, our customers are not people who are, are ballet dancers indoors. They're not gymnasts indoors. They're outside. Of all the activities to participate in, we happen to be blessed to be in one that, uh, frankly, it's very easy to have uh, appropriate uh, distances and do all those kinds of things. You don't get too close to your fishing buddies. As uh, as I say, sometimes the fishing hole gets crowded, doesn't it? Well, it it does. Uh, No question about that. uh, But you are outdoors. It's an opportunity for people to get out. And frankly, our customers are avid anglers. These are not the casual once-a-month kind of uh, fishermen that are out there. These people are serious. They want to enjoy uh, what they do. I mean, there have been stories for decades about, you know, Movies uh, doing better during uh, recessions and depressions. Mm. We're not going to use those words, Joel. Right. But when times are challenging, people look for diversions. And, you know, when the weather cooperates or when it almost cooperates, uh, what better diversion than to be out there on the water, be outside, uh, enjoy some great fishing. That's, that's the way we look at it. Communication really is the key, huh, Jeff? Uh, and again, we're talking to Jeff Parnell of Fish USA. Uh, you, you, there, you guys did a, a little simple video and and you're you're kind of you know working together with your customers, so you're offering free free shipping, and and so it really does take a lot of the edge off. It, but uh, but but communicating, you know, staying in front of them with social media, these are all these new channels that really didn't really exist the last time we had a, a major deal like this, like uh, the uh, financial uh, sh- shutdown in 08 and the what was it uh, uh, H1N1 in 09 when you think about yes. this kind of stuff, right? Exactly, Joel. And, you know, we've as, as an e-commerce player like like many out there, we've had free shipping for, for years. You know, traditionally our online offer has been uh, free shipping uh, on an on a order threshold at $60. You spend that much with a handful of exceptions. But what we've done regionally, because again, a lot of the, the stores here are, are, are closed or you know, or in the process of closing, um, you know, in our in our space particularly. Uh, but we've basically mapped out and we've said Erie, Crawford, and Warren counties in Pennsylvania, uh, Ashtabula County in Ohio, and Chautauqua County in New York. For those, for people in those areas, we're going to waive the $60. Literally, you buy a $7.95 lure, uh, we'll ship it to you free. And you know what? It's going to get out pretty darn quickly. Uh, we can't absolutely commit to having it the next day, but in most cases, it's going to be. But the reality is we're, we're, we're taking a great, safe approach. People don't want to leave their houses in many cases or can't. So we're bringing the store to them. And, and in our region in particular, we're, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to, you know, we're going to take the hit. And uh, whatever someone wants in that, in that you know, uh, in whatever threshold, uh, you know, they're going to get it shipped free. In the last minute or so that we have, talk, talk to your customers uh, uh, you know, just about, you know, doing the right thing, being safe, being healthy in this time of uh, COVID-19. Yeah, take every precaution necessary. All the, all the, you know, remaining clean, remaining sanitary, the washing, all the things we should really be doing anyway are magnified now. You know, good, just good. Uh, hygiene, keeping distances. If you, we tell people, if you don't feel well, don't go to work, stay in your house. Uh, very critical. And we say to the customers, you know, the same thing. Um, we're here to serve you. We've got online. We've got, um, I mean, we, we t- we've got a program now with this regional deal, Joel, where you place the order, 
It's going to show as if you've gotten uh, shipping charges in your cart. But you know what? We've got an email address, sales at fishusa.com, and an 800 number, which is 800-922-1219. They can call those numbers after they place the order. We'll manually take care of it. We decided get in front of the market before the technology was in place just to serve people. So uh, we'll get through this together. We'll continue yeah. to, to fight and be resilient and, uh, and pray as well and, and, and do the right thing. Last question. Uh, what's, the, what's the next big fishing season that everybody's kind of gearing up for? Well, you know, uh, we've got a lot of them taking place. Walleye is, is really the, uh, uh, one of the key, key points of, of our business right now. So right now, to be honest with you, we're making it all available to people, letting yeah. them enjoy, and just focusing on bringing the entire store to, uh, to our customers. All righty, Jeff Parnell, CEO of Fish USA. I appreciate you taking the time with us, Jeff. Uh, uh, much, much appreciated. Thanks for all you do for the community, Joe. Great to be with you. Because if you're on a Pennsylvania interstate and you're a regular motorist, you will not find an open rest area. And we asked the question of Jill Harry. She's uh, the regional spokesperson for, you know, for this region here at PennDOT. And here's our conversation from earlier today with Jill Harry from PennDOT. On the line with us is Jill Harry from PennDOT's uh, regional office. Jill, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Alrighty, so um, uh, yesterday uh, a, a, a big uh, announcement was made from PennDOT of all of the different changes that was happening surrounding the um, you know the the covid-19 virus and you know the governor's order uh you're suspending construction you're uh, closing all the driver's license photo license centers and extending deadlines and things can you talk about uh you know uh, all of that for a second so all of the measures <laughs> all of the measures that we announced earlier this week were um safety measures so we're trying to ensure the safety of our employees and the general public as well so um, that's why we made the determination that some of the facilities would need to be closed, um, people are working from home, and that some of our projects would have to be suspended so that everybody can follow those guidelines of social distancing. Sure, sure. So, um, but uh, you, has there been some change since this uh, release from the 16th then? Uh, yeah, we're always evaluating how we're um, making decisions and making sure that things are um I guess that are there in coordination with the needs and meeting the safety protocol. Um, in reflection of that, we've decided that we would open up some of our rest stop facilities for truckers so that they can have that safe place to pull off the road and take their required rest time. Sure. So uh, that, that what what does that mean though? What what part of the actual buildings will be available to truckers? The trucking parking. So our rest stop areas have that area that's designated for um, general motors to park and also that area that's designated for truckers to park. So though that trucking area will be open, there will be some temporary bathroom facilities placed there for them to use. And uh, the rest of the facility will be continuing to be locked up and um, off limits to the general public. All right. So is there a kind of signage that's going with this? Uh, how would a, a regular motorist know that, that that particular rest stop at Snowshoe on Route 80 or whatever is available or not? You know, uh, The rest stops that are open, again, are they're open for truckers to use. So they'll have a sign near the entrance that says truck parking only okay. or something similar to that. So that people should understand 
that really only truckers should go in there um, for everybody's safety. So basically, PennDOT made a decision, um, uh, or did PennDOT make a decision that motorists uh, would be able to use private facilities if they needed to go to the restroom or, or uh, you know, buy a candy bar or something like that? Is that kind of the plan then, kind of leading in on the private sector? Um, really, we just want to make sure that we are providing the truck drivers a safe place to pull off. So that was really what um, led us to kind of modify um, our earlier announcement. There are other facilities where people can go if um, they're interested in those private places. Those aren't really in our jurisdiction. Um, the ones that we do um, have jurisdiction over is the rest stops. So we um, picked a few of those. So there'll be 13 statewide out of the 30 that we maintain. Okay. So, so there's there really there basically is no consideration then for private motorists who might who you know to to get access this particular service from the state. I don't. I guess I don't. Maybe I'm not understanding your question. Well, I, there, I, I guess the the, the facilities the, were closed for safety reasons. Right. So we we can't. You know, there's no way for us to be able to sanitize them in a way that would okay. be safe for everybody to use. And therefore, for the safety of motorists, they've been closed. Got I, I understand that. I guess the, uh, you know, it was just, it's just a question of, of uh, because, because there's other forces at play, meaning like, for example, um, universities calling all their students home. And that, that, was, that seemed mm-hmm. to be the kind of the, the big question mark that I had is, you know, you have a kid that goes to an Ohio university, they live in Harrisburg or they live in Bloomsburg, and they have to travel I-80 or I-90 or wherever they're going. And uh, basically, it's, 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 a, it's a totally legitimate thing to do, but we're basically saying you'll, you'll have to make an, your own arrangement to, to, to use restroom facilities from a private concern like a convenience store or a gas station vis-a-vis a state-provided yeah. concern. Is that accurate? Okay. I see what you I, – I think I better understand what you're asking. Yeah. When the governor announced the things that needed to be closed and things that didn't, gas stations are considered an essential function, and therefore they can maintain – um, their regular business hours, so motorists would be able to seek out facilities at those locations. Okay, I appreciate that very much. All righty, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And uh, any idea how long this is going to go, Jill? Uh, is there any word uh, uh, when, like, the next big consideration is going to be? Decision making time. Um, at this <laughs> at this point, all I know is the fourteen day period that the governor uh, asked for here earlier this week. I know that there's, you know, a constant level of evaluation as to um, if the 14 days is enough or if if it will, you know, if it will be extended. But at this point, we're just uh, following the governor's lead. Right, right. Alrighty, appreciate it very much. Um, uh, Thanks, uh, Jill Harry from PennDOT. We appreciate you being on the air here. We schedule an hour with our pastor every month, and we're glad to have with us here. Via FaceTime, we're using the technology here. We've got Brian Kelly. Hey, Brian. Hey, Joel. Good to good to be with you. All righty. So, um, uh, first thoughts here. Uh, you know, I'm a germaphobe. I know you're a germaphobe. Uh, <laughs> at, at this level, we you know we're always washing our hands, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were we were one step ahead of the game, but no. In in seriousness, it's it's certainly 
taken uh, taken a turn that none of us would have expected a couple of months ago, right? That's that's exactly right. We, I mean, we were kind of watching it happen. Maybe we thought it might just stay in China. And then the devastating uh, Italy, devastated South Korea. Uh, now it's in France and Spain, and now it's here uh, all the way to Erie County. Yeah, and certainly, uh, certainly in the last few weeks as we watch this unfold i think we we all knew it was coming and this was going to be a reality and uh it still feels i'm sure for everyone very surreal uh that we're we're here but but we are here and and now is the time now is the time for us to act and now is the time for us to really uh get on board with with uh battling this disease yeah. So so when we talked, which was literally just Friday, uh, we talked about how uh, because of the governor's advice, um, the, the larger churches, 250 people and above, were uh, were asked to close their doors. Uh, your church, our church, uh, McLean Church, complied with that, along with uh, many other churches across Erie County. Um, and then the literally by the end of uh, they, I think they I think they saw what churches did get together, and then they dropped it to 50. And then later on on Monday, I think the president said, I think it needs to be dropped to no more than 10 people gathering together. Well, that's uh, that's some significant social distancing. It, it is. But it, it's so important, Joel, that, you know, right now, all of us to be thinking uh, about two things that we'd be thinking about cooperation and we'd be thinking about compassion, mm -hmm. operation side. It's just so critical that all of us uh, join forces to present a unified front against this challenge. And this idea of, you know, resisting the government's recommendations or trying to be the lone ranger out there, uh, that's, that's just craziness. Uh, we are in a crisis and we need to stand together. And that starts with everybody getting behind the recommendations, everybody doing their part. Uh, to 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 see this thing stopped, and so uh, while we were obviously not excited at any level at um, canceling our public gatherings, it was really a pretty easy decision for us and many other churches to make. Because again, as you and I talk so often about this idea of the common good, this is when everybody needs to get on the bandwagon. This is when everybody needs to, 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 to cooperate with the recommendations that are coming down the pike. And as anyone who has ever led through a crisis knows, when you're leading through a crisis, you, you need everyone be behind you. And unity behind a marginal plan is better than disunity around the best plan. Mm. Uh, so, so, so even even if everything is not perfect, that the fact that we can present a unified front and are working cooperatively to to do the recommendations that are coming down to us is just just so important. That's the that's the cooperation part uh, of 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 my. Uh, my thinking today. <laughs> you know, uh, I want I want to I want to jump in there for a second because I think it, it is super key uh, on how we as people as citizens approach this 
because uh, we have that we have that built in um, questioning. You know, you know, we're we're we do have a lot of free agency. We do have a lot of liberty in in uh, our society, and so it, it is so easy to kind of revert to our to our normal. Of, of of questioning everything of uh, of e- you know of even being suspect of decision making and I think what you just said is is huge when you when you're trying to tackle a problem that you've never faced before unity behind a marginal plan is better than disunity behind some super amazing plan. Yeah, absolutely. There's just such such. And and here's the thing about this, Joel, is um, this is a reality. (laughs) We're not dealing uh, with something that we're just speculating about. Um, The data is out there. The deaths are out there, sadly. This is a reality. And I know that, you know, one of the ways that I certainly process the decisions we made as a church is, you know, it, 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 it inconveniences us. To not meet certainly, but but that is such a small price to pay. If our not meeting can possibly you know save a life, save multiple lives, save save the spread of this disease. So I, I think these are these are pretty easy things that we're being asked to comply with. They might inconvenience us, but certainly those are those are really small prices to pay. And and I. I guess I'd like to quickly go to the compassion point here because uh, that is so essential for the, the best of our humanity and, and for those of us who are followers of Jesus, for that heart of Jesus to, to, to really shine. And it, it, it's time, quite frankly, to, to quit acting on our own selfish interests and consider the interests of others as Jesus, uh, you know, prompted us uh, so much to do. Um, I, I heard a story that, that, that just broke my heart from, um, from someone who works in the, in the grocery industry who shared that, uh, you know, recently somebody had come into a grocery store uh, who, who did not speak English and was frantic to try to find apple juice. Mm. And the, the store employees were kind of confused. They said that the person was so distraught that they thought they were going to run out of the store uh, with apple juice. And uh, finally, the, the individual's son came in who did speak English, and he said, you need to understand um, my, my father suffering with cancer, and apple juice is the only thing he can eat or drink right now. Mm. And we need apple juice. Well, my gosh, you know, if if anything would keep us from hoarding things, right there, knowing that there are people out there who this is a desperate situation for the elderly who might not be well resourced, who are scared to death to go to the grocery store, uh, people like I, I described in this story who 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 desperately need certain products that are only conveniences to me, but are life essentials to them. This, this is when our heart for, for our neighbor really has to emerge. And that, that not only affects how we're going to treat our neighbor, but again, it goes back to complying with these, these recommendations and suggestions. Yes, you may be fine if you violate them, but who else are you affecting? Who else are you harming? because you're unwilling to be inconvenienced yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the compassion quotient has to be stretched. And, and maybe it's been a while since some of us have, have used that compassion because, you know, when things are going fine for us, hmm, you're not necessarily yeah. thinking about anybody else. Absolutely, Joel. You know, I, I, I was thinking uh, as we talked this weekend that our service is about caring for our neighbors. And, you know, um, I, I have elderly neighbors on both sides of me. And sad to say, uh, during normal times, I'm not thinking much about them. You know, but, but now here's an opportunity for me to really exercise that, that compassion dimension of my spirituality. And here's the thing, turning it theologically, we know that, that, that our spirituality is formed as we exercise uh, these, these aspects or dimensions of our spirituality. So it's precisely these opportunities that help us, again, for, for uh, people who would identify themselves as Christians, grow more into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking to Brian Kelly, he's senior pastor at McLean Church. He's my pastor. We spend an hour with him once a month, and uh, um, you know the the it was interesting. As part of the big conversation today in the in the announcement, um, Melissa Lyons talked about the health issues, the physical health, and quickly went to mental health. the The number, the piling on of different announcements the mercyhurst kid gets sick the now there's one in erie county and and now they've closed all the restaurants and and now they've you know now they're not even allowing you to drive across the interstate and go to the bathroom i mean like i mean it just get all the change is really impacting people that ha- already well it, it's it's impacting everybody to uh to a moment of fear and then if you have an anxiety disorder this is a tough time yeah absolutely joel and again that this is where our faith offers the resources uh for us to process that and and you know one of the one of the most practical ways we can do that if we're of, of, of christian or jewish faith is to turn to the book of psalms uh in the old testament this collection of 150 different poems or prayers that do this. They, they give voice to our anxiety. They give voice to, to, to the despair that some of us are feeling. And, and here's what the behavioral sciences have told us over and over again. When we voice something, when we name it, it releases the power that that thing has over us. And it's not that these poems are quick fixes. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, my life is going to change from, from darkness to, 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 to hope uh, just because I've read or I've prayed one of these psalms. But what I find is this becomes a therapeutic measure that addresses the fear and anxiety that I have inside with truth. So I'll tell you, I would point anybody to, to the daily reading and praying of the Psalms. And you can do that as simple as opening your Bible to the book of Psalms and saying, I'm going to read one of these when I get up in the morning. I'm going to read another one when I go to bed at night. And I'm going to frame what happens in my day with this processing of reality through, through the lens of my faith in God. It's an hour with my pastor, Brian Kelly. He's a senior pastor at McLean Church. Brian, I want to um, pivot a little bit here to um, 
you know these these larger gatherings um you know there's a there's a there's a reason why they wanted people to have social distance right and and then folks uh um you know uh were remarking well if we're not 250 we don't have to close and yeah. then and but then you heard some remarks here and there um from from people that uh you know they like their church or whatever was say, well we're not going to close because we have more faith than that yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a really, really sad response uh, because faith has nothing to do with it. Um, the mind God gave us and the personal responsibility he gave us to uh, confront these kind of challenges in life are to be enacted now. And I would argue when we throw that faith thing out there, we're really just putting God to the test. You know, um, we've all heard the, the joke uh, about the fellow who fell off the cliff and was clinging to a branch and uh, somebody threw a rope down and he said, no, I'm not going to grab the rope because I'm, I'm praying for God to save me. And, uh, you know, uh, they sent a rescuer down to get him and they said, no, I'm, I'm not going to go up with you because I'm, I'm trusting God to save me. And finally, a helicopter came by to try to pick him up. And he said, no, I'm not going to do this because I'm trusting God to save me. And he fell off the cliff. And died. And when he got to heaven, he said, you know, why didn't you save me, God? And, and God's response was, you know, I sent a rope and a rescuer and a helicopter and you didn't take advantage of any of them. So uh, I know a lot of um, your listeners have seen the quote from uh, Martin Luther when uh, his town was experiencing the Black Death in, in, in Europe. And um, in fact, I'll, I'll dig that quote up at our break so I can read it verbatim okay, yeah. for, for your listeners. But basically what he said is he, he, he said, you know, I'm going to pray for God to save us. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to disinfect my house and I'm going to take medicine that they tell me to take. And I'm going to give medicine to the sick. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God, but I'm going to use the responsibility he's given me. And, you know, think of it like this theologically. Again, for those of us of Jewish or Christian faith, uh, you know, we have this this creation story at the beginning of the Bible where God puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and he tells them to do what? He says, fill the earth and subdue it. You're supposed to take responsibility for this creation I'm placing you in. He didn't say, you know, enter the earth and just live in faith for me to do everything for you. He said, you have a responsibility to yeah. subdue the creation. And so uh, I think it's I think uh, it, it's really sad, especially uh, when churches are not demonstrating the cooperation with the um, suggestions that have come out that, again, the medical professionals, the people who know this stuff have told us clearly this will help. This will stop the transmission of this disease. You know, faith has nothing to do uh, with with a decision to continue to meet despite the recommendations. That's that's just arrogance. Talk uh, talk about you know following direction from government authorities because again that's that's a that's a clear biblical mandate too, right? Well, and, and especially, Joel, I mean, we, we can parse the biblical instruction in that in a lot of different ways, but especially in when, when the recommendations are, are completely harmless uh, recommendations in the sense of complying with these 
it, it costs me my convenience. Now, I understand when we get into to businesses and whatnot, uh, there are very real economic uh, costs associated with that and, and would not minimize those at any level. But when it comes to our gatherings as a church or our gatherings as a small group, uh, could we go two weeks w- with, without those gatherings and still survive? Yes, a- absolutely. It's an inconvenience to us. Uh, but 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 we we can do that. Yeah. Uh, one more on that point here. The uh, uh, this is kind of the time that we need to kind of dial down the rancor. Probably shouldn't have rancor anyway, right? Right. Oh my <laughs> gosh. A- 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 absolutely, Joel. It's just it's just such a time that we need to be together. We, we, that, that, that great American spirit, you know, and, and, and uh, none of us of our generation lived through it, but we've heard the stories of the World War II generation. You know, I, I have my grandfather's ration books, you know, the mm-hmm. ration coupons that, that they used during that time. And there was just, uh, you know, we've been told that there was just such a spirit of unity where we're together as a country to, to overcome a challenge in front of us, and 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 you know maybe on a in a positive way, um, one of the uh, outcomes of this challenge will be a recapturing of of some of that spirit. Yeah, just kind of a to kind of reset the idea that yeah we we are all Americans we are all in this together we're we're all a community and uh, and we, we can move forward from it yeah, yeah absolutely and and regardless you know I, I found I found myself interesting you know I'm I'm, I'm very uh, uh, politically interested as I know you are sure. and um, uh, I, I found myself you know listening to somebody from the other side of the aisle the other day and they were making so much sense and I thought you know this this is a person I'm behind even though their 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 political stance doesn't doesn't align with mine and Brian you know there's worse things than to like you know stay home stay healthy do some hygiene and enjoy your family <laughs> oh that's right Joel and you know, in, in, in a crazy way, um, and again, for those of us from, from a Christian faith perspective, um, you, you, see, you see God work redemptively through all these kind of crises and challenges. And, you know, already, um, you know, we as a family have been talking about the, the redemptive things that are coming out of this. Uh, it's, it's not that not that God caused this to, to bring good from it at all, but, but that God has this amazing way of stepping into to our broken and challenging realities and, and, and redeeming them into, into good things. So, so absolutely, there are some positive things, and you, you mentioned them. I mean, uh, I, thought, I thought today, you know, because I tend to probably shop more than I should and spend more than I should, um, it, it's a positive that I don't have that option. You know, mm, mm. I, I don't have to, I, I don't have to think about the next new thing that's going to make me happy because I probably can't go out and get the next new thing. Right yeah. Now. I mean, right, right now, the, uh, although some of, some of the sporting goods stores are closed, but some of them are, are open, um, right. you know, right. but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, 
people people have a hard time with perspective. Why don't you share a little bit about you know how you get perspective? Um, because I think that's I think that's kind of important. Um, uh, because again, we're so into what our priorities are. Yeah, and you know, an interesting thing uh, that that we talked about on the weekend is that you know one of the one of the challenges we sometimes have of appreciating the biblical text is that our reality is so different from the reality out of which those texts emerged, and the the prime one of the primary differences is we have so much more control over our lives and so much higher sense of security than people living in the ancient world did. So, you know, we, we believe that, you know, we can, we can secure our future, that we can fix every problem, uh, that, that we can have what we want 24 seven. And, you know, that is a very different uh, situation that, than the, the ancient world knew. And so a lot of the biblical texts, um, they kind of strike us on deaf ears because uh, we can't appreciate what it was like to live every day, not sure where your next meal would come from, or not sure if that neighboring tribe was going to come over the mountain tomorrow and and wipe you out, or not sure if you were going to have a, a harvest this year that was going to feed you through the winter. And, you know, when you start to get little glimpses of that, like we are right now, and and, and it's still just a very little glimpse compared to those ancient realities, then some of those biblical texts, like we talked about earlier, especially the book of Psalms, uh, these beautiful poems really start to come alive. And and what they do is they they start to frame, frame our perspective. So, you know, just maybe maybe three practical thoughts for how to keep perspective in the in in the midst of all this. I think uh, first of all, we've we've got to limit our consumption of information. You know, it's it's easy to to just be addicted to the headlines um, all day long. And I found what I had to do is I had to stop that. I had to stop looking at my phone, and I had to say instead, I'm going to check the headlines when I get up in the morning. I'm going to check them at noon. I'm going to check them at the end of the day. And I'm going to try to keep myself from, from, from just being consumed by this. Because guess what? Life is still going on outside the coronavirus crisis. The birds are still singing. <laughs> the yeah. sun is still shining. Life is still going on. So number one would be, be limit how much of this I'm, I'm consuming or I'm feeding Uh, Number two is certainly if you're a person of faith, push into those faith disciplines. And again, a very practical one is to to read a psalm in the morning, to read a psalm in the evening. Um, If you want to take it a step further, uh, start each morning not only reading a psalm, but telling God in your own words your concerns, praying for his protection over your family, over your friends, your loved ones. Uh, push into those spiritual disciplines that help orient your faith. And the third thing that's a real perspective giver is, is find a way to serve in the midst of this. And again, maybe that's as simple as when you go through the grocery store tomorrow stopping and saying to the cashier, looking them in the eyes and saying, thank you for being here. 
I really appreciate what you're doing. Or, or it's maybe a, a, a little more intentional of going next door to the neighbor and introducing yourself and saying, you know, um, let me know if I can help. So if you think about uh, those three practices, limiting your exposure uh, to information, uh, practicing some spiritual disciplines, and then finding a way to serve in all this, I think, I think those are practical steps that begin to keep us healthy in, in the midst of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in on that. I, I really appreciated uh, what you said there about pushing into your faith disciplines. And, and again, another great faith discipline is going uh, to church you know, on Sunday, you know, to, to, to experience that worship experience. And right now, no matter what church you go to, your pastor, frankly, is going to be under stress because those gatherings you know, he's coming, trying to come up with a creative way. He or she is trying to come up with a creative way, some way to to gather the faithful under unprecedented circumstances. So instead of kind of being a bug about it, be a help about it, because those 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 church leaders are trying to figure things out on the fly half the time. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as we said earlier in the show, Joel, anybody who has ever led through any kind of crisis knows that 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 is not the time for the critics to emerge. You know, when you're leading through a crisis, you need everybody behind you. You need everybody lining up. That certainly doesn't mean deaf ear uh, to, to issues people raise, but, but it means that to be a good leader in crisis, you really have to have good followers. And sadly, it's something we don't talk a lot about in our culture. We have books and seminars and conferences on leadership. We need the same on followership because it's just as great a gift, just as great a skill, just as great a practice and, and, and essential in a moment like this. So Yes, you know, be, be behind your pastor, be behind your, your government officials, uh, uh, support them as they're trying to make the best decisions possible in this time. I want you to share that quote from Martin Luther. Again, he was dealing with the Black Plague, and, yes. and uh, talk about a, a stressful time. Yeah, so, you know, Martin Luther, he's the, the Protestant reformer in the 16th century, and, and regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, Protestant or Catholic, uh, he, he is certainly a, a spiritual giant in, in the history of Christianity. And, you know, in the 16th century, dealing uh, with, with the bubonic plague, the Black Death, um, this is what Luther uh, wrote. He said, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us, then... I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. Wow. So here, <laughs> it sounds here, like... Here, here is a person of unbelievable faith. And, you know, if anybody's ever read any of the biographies of Martin Luther or studied any of his life, uh, th this, is, this is a man who puts the faith of all of us to shame. And he says, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. 
then I shall fumigate. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, Luther got it and, um, uh, and, and he ended that uh, section, which is recorded in, in his pastoral writings. He he said, I'm going to do all this because I'm not going to tempt God. I'm not going to tempt God. And that I think uh, sometimes very well-meaning Christians confuse the exercise of faith with what Luther would have called tempting God. Wow. You know, uh, God's given us resources. He's given us a mind. He's given us leaders. He's given us communities. He's given us all these tools to confront issues like we're confronting. We need to use those tools. Wow. I, I think let's leave it there. That, I mean, that's just, that's just, uh, tremendous to think that, uh, you know all this structure that this this uh, thing that we've built this uh, this society this common good if you will is something that uh, we, if we believe in a creator he's the one who created it and again That's it's exactly it's it's a right. bunch of people that uh, that are trying to have a society and try to have care for each other and uh, and so we have to be a part of the social construct that's right. So, so just keep thinking cooperation and compassion, cooperation and compassion. Let that guide what you do over the next few weeks. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com. <laughs>